Hello, welcome to Help with Parkinson's Podcast 25. After one week break for the holidays, we're back. Our guest is Dr. Subramanian, movement disorder specialist from Hershey Medical Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Warren Budfinick, retired pharmacist and also a Parkinson's disease patient. Welcome to our show, Dr. Sub. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, uh, inviting me back. Happy holidays to all the listeners. Sure. And uh, hope for a great new year. Yeah, our show today is about a new drug just approved by the FDA. It's called Abrija, spelled I-N-B-R-I-J-A. It's more of a new delivery system than a new drug. Dr. Soup, could you give me your opinion on this new medication? Yeah, it's, I think, a nice uh, advancement. Uh, it is a new form of um, levodopa that uh, can be inhaled. Uh, it is meant for people who are experiencing off periods. So just very briefly, we need to chat about off periods. These are people who have Parkinson's disease for several years, who typically have periods where the medicines seem to be not working well. Uh, one of the best examples of off periods is uh, patients who take levodopa when they wake up in the morning um, they they take their pill, but it takes about half hour or 45 minutes for the pills to start working. And that half hour or so is uh, sort of an off period. Now, that type of off period can also happen during the day. And typically that happens in many people towards the end of their dose when their medication is sort of wearing off. So, for example, if you're supposed to take your medicine at 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock, um, 2 o'clock, and 6 o'clock every day, and each time right before you're due for your medicine, if you feel stiff, slow, tremulous, unable to move, or having difficulty moving, um, then that would be considered an off phenomenon. So what this medicine does is that you inhale the drug as a um, powder form. It comes in a little inhaler device, like you might have seen people with asthma take inhalers. Uh, It's a um, little capsule. You put it inside the inhaling device and you basically squirt it and you take a big puff you just breathe in with as you uh, breathe in the uh, levodopa formulation uh, goes into your lungs Uh, it's absorbed there and then it goes into your bloodstream and then it travels up into your brain and uh, it's converted into dopamine and thus delivered now, there are many things about this uh, that's important for people to understand and remember. So if you take a pill, the pill typically goes through your mouth, into your stomach. It gets absorbed in uh, a part of the stomach, which is called, or the GI tract, which is called the jejunum, which is a little bit distal to the stomach. And jejunum has got what we call uh, little pores, and these pores are called amino acid transporters, and levodopa is typically absorbed there. Now, one important step whenever you take a pill is that the medicine goes to the liver because liver acts as a filter device. It filters all the stuff that we eat and it filters it before it enters into the rest of the blood circulation. And this part of the body is called the portal circulation. Portal meaning a port through which all the blood from the GI tract goes into the liver, gets filtered and goes up. Now, because of this, whenever you take levodopa, some of it gets metabolized or at least somewhat broken down in the liver. And therefore, the amount of blood levels that get into your brain is not exactly equal to what is absorbed from the stomach. 
Uh, and this is called liver first pass. And this happens to a lot of pills that are taken by mouth. Uh, not just levodopa, but a lot of other pills have the first pass mechanism. Now, when you inhale it, instead of taking by mouth, you bypass the portal system, you bypass the liver, because the, the circulation of the lung allows the bloodstream to go straight into the heart and from the heart goes straight into the brain. So because it bypasses the GI tract and it's inhaled drug, it has the advantage that some of this first pass mechanism is overcome. So in other words, inhaled drug works a little bit better than the swallowed pill. However, one of the big disadvantages of inhaled uh, medication is that you can't take as much as you take by a pill. Pills allow you to take a lot more, and you inhale it, it's much less. So in this case, uh, this compound, Imbriza, is um, 84 milligrams, and so it's a little bit lower than the 100 milligrams of levodopa that normally we give. And what they did was they did a double-blind placebo-controlled study, which means they took a bunch of patients, divided them into uh, three groups, and this is about 339 patients in that particular study. And they compared that to um, 84 milligram versus 60 milligram and, uh, and did a 12-week study against placebo. And this particular study called SPAN-PD uh, showed that indeed patients who had um, taken the higher dose, 84 milligram dose, had um, you know, a half hour to 45 minutes to even a couple of hours worth of improvement in their off periods. And overall, uh, much better than the placebo group, and also much better than the group that got the lower dose. And uh, they showed that using um, the unified Parkinson's disease rating scale, uh, which was measured 30 days, 30 minutes, sorry, not days, 30 minutes before the dosing. At 30 minutes post-dosing, they saw um, greater significance in the um, patients who received the 84 milligrams uh, compared to placebo. And the scores were 9.83 versus 5.91. So there was about four-point difference between the two doses, which is, uh, and placebo. So indicating that there's really some uh, real benefit in, in these patients. Um, there were side effects. The most important side effect was coughing. A lot of patients had a lot of cough. Um, they had a small group of patients 6.1% of patients had respiratory infection, 5.3% of patients had nausea, and 5.3% had discoloration of their sputum, um, or their spit became somewhat discolored, giving them some um, little bit of uh, concern. So um, they, they liked the uh, drug to the point that the FDA was able to give them approval. It just happened... Um, few days ago, it got approved, and it's now become available. Um, we should be seeing it in the market everywhere fairly quickly because it's a relatively uh, safe drug in the sense that it's just levodopa again, um, and it should be um, a new additional drug that's available for treatment of off periods. Let me just pause there for a second before I talk about um, other options for off-period, just so that Warren can uh, sort of recollect with me the key points here. Yeah, so it seems like 
being that they're already on levodopa, and levodopa is the drug that they're using for this new drug, that the side effects would mainly be related to the uh, inhalation and maybe possibly dyskinesia from going to too high of a levodopa dose. But the rest of the side effects seems to be the same. And uh, cough would be a concern of mine because a lot of Parkinson's patients already have a cough. And uh, those two things is what uh, I'd like you to talk about, the, uh, the cough and also the, uh, the side effects from inhaling. Those, those are, other than that, is that true, your opinion too, Dr. Sue, that yeah, yeah, the other, yeah. the other, the levodopa problems, yes. it can be pages of issues with that, but they're already dealing with the same, same issues now. Right. That's correct. So um, I think your, your point is well taken. So the way this medicine is uh, dispensed is you're supposed to take two capsules that you put into the inhaler and you uh, squirt, squirt it. And basically you take a big uh, puff of it and you inhale it as you, uh, you basically put it in your mouth and take a uh, big breath inside. So you allow the medication to go into your lungs. And each uh, capsule is 42 milligrams. So between the two is 84 milligrams that you're inhaling. And as you correctly said, um, each time most people take 100 milligrams. So they already have leveled up 100 milligrams. Now on top of it, you take another 84 milligrams. Now, of course, you don't get all of it because you're inhaling it. So only some of it actually gets into your bloodstream. But even so, the biggest boost that you get is that you get a big jump in your levodopa dose. So uh, the side effects that you get from it are related to the excess levodopa, which are, um, as most of you already know, risk of dyskinesias, risk of um, uh, hallucinations, excessive daytime sleepiness. Uh, you can also have a little bit of anxiety increase. All of those things can happen, and it's something to keep in mind. Now, uh, the lung-related side effects, which again, as Warren pointed out, is important because patients already have a little bit of a cough uh, reflex reduction because of the autonomic disturbances. So you have to be careful um, who you're giving this to if they already have a somewhat of a reduced cough response, they may have more of an issue with this drug because this could make you respiratory compromised if you um, develop a spasm or something, a bronchospasm, which would be a spasm of the lung uh, passages. Now, um, they didn't see a lot of it, but it could happen. Uh, and it's something we need to see as we go along when we use this drug, how many patients will actually have this versus not having it. Now let's, uh, for a minute, look at what other options do people have if they have off phenomenon. So if you are already experiencing off phenomenon, there are many other measures that we normally do before we go to Embraza. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, the commonest example that I mentioned is the early morning off phenomenon. And that's because most people don't need to take medicine around the clock and the night they're not taking any medicine. So when they wake up in the morning, they're a little bit stiff and slow. Now, one way to solve this is by giving a currently prescribed medicine called rotigotine or nupropatch. A nupropatch has a pretty long half-life, approximately 25 hours. So if you put a patch on first thing in the morning, typically it allows you the next morning to have uh, some of this medicine on board, and it might overcome the off phenomenon. Another way to do this would be to um, 
add a medicine to your carbidopa levodopa, which is called entacapone. Entacapone is otherwise called Comtan, and it also comes as a triple combination, carbidopa, levodopa, entacapone together, which used to be called Stelevo. It's generic now, so it's available as Stelevo generic. So that can also be tried. Now, in all these measures, what we're trying to do is to make the levodopa last longer. Basically, you're making it last more than the three and a half hours that you're getting from each dose. And that could overcome what we call the R phenomenon. There's also another option, which is called apomorphine. Apomorphine is an injectable. Um, so when you inject the drug, the medicine goes directly into your uh, systemic circulation, and from there goes to the brain. Now, the difference between these drugs, right, and it's important that we talk about the difference of all these different drugs. First, we talked about rotigotine. Rotigotine, otherwise called Mupro, it's a patch. It is a much weaker agent than levodopa. It's a very weak agent. So uh, it's only helpful if you have a little bit of a phenomenon, some difficulty walking, some slight tremor, but it's not very serious. In that case, you can use the patch and you can get away with it. If you have more stronger periods of off where you're really stiff and you're slow, you have difficulty getting up um, and you're very lethargic in your movements, then Nupro probably not enough and you need to go stronger. Now, as we just discussed, Imbriza, otherwise called the inhaled form of levodopa, it takes about 30 minutes for it to kick in. And the reason for that is it has to be inhaled, it has to go into your liver, I'm sorry, into your lung, it bypasses the liver, and then it travels up to your brain, and in the brain it has to be converted into dopamine. So there's a little uh, lag time before the effects of the drug are experienced. Now, the apomorphine, which is an injectable, it's done subcutaneously, it does not need to be converted into dopamine, it's already a dopamine agonist, it's as potent as levodopa, and because it's injected, it goes fairly quickly into the brain. And most patients experience improvement in symptoms within 10 minutes. Uh, so all three agents have advantages. Uh, the first case, using the Nupro patch, um, has advantage that it's just a skin patch. It also bypasses the liver because it goes through the skin into the brain. And it, it ha both has the D1 and D2 agonism is there. So it's pretty effective. However, it's a very weak agent, extremely weak agent. Uh, compared to levodopa, I would say 10 times weak. Now, levodopa, we already know, it's a very potent drug. It works very quickly. It's got D1 and D2 uh, benefits. However, it needs to be converted into dopamine. And that conversion process takes a little lag time, usually about 30 minutes for it to work. And then finally, the apomorphine injection it's also a D1, D2 agonist, but it's a synthetic analog, and it works faster. It works in about 10 minutes or so. So what is the conclusion from it? If somebody has the leisure to wait, you can wait for several minutes, maybe half hour for your medicine to kick in, then the inhaled form is probably a good choice. If it's very mild off phenomenon, just having some slight difficulty, it's not that great degree of difficulty, then maybe the patch is sufficient. Um, but if you really need something to kickstart very quickly, you probably need the injectable form of uh, apomorphine 
because it really works within five to 10 minutes and you get a jump start. Now, everything has advantages and disadvantages. The patch, of course, the advantage is that it is a patch, so it doesn't hurt to uh, put it on, unlike the injection, which does hurt when you get injection. Um, it is expensive. All three of these medicines are going to be expensive. Um, new Propage is also expensive, even though it's already been around for several years, it's still an expensive drug. Um, however, it's weak, and so that's a disadvantage. Uh, levodopa, the advantage is, as Warren already pointed out, most patients are already taking levodopa, so if you're taking more of it, so that's an advantage. However, it has a disadvantage that it can push you to the other side, and you can get hallucinations, you can get uh, dyskinesias, you can have nausea, you can have low blood pressure, all the known side effects of levodopa could come, come across. And as we already mentioned, there's a lag, there's a time delay before the medicine starts working. Apomorphine is potent, just as good as levodopa, works really quickly in a few minutes, but it's an injection. So it's a shot, it's painful. Um, so um, those disadvantages are there. So, and also apomorphine causes nausea in many people. So you have to pre-medicate with nausea medicine. And that's another limitation. Now let's go over a few other details regarding Embriza. Embriza, you can take, um, each time you get an off phenomenon, you can take two of these capsules and inhale them. Total in a day, you're not supposed to exceed more than five of these uh, treatments. So you're not supposed to uh, get more than five treatments each time, uh, which is really makes sense because you're going to be taking this medicine multiple times in a day. You got to be careful how often you're taking it. Um, and um, I think it'll come to the market fairly quickly. And once it comes to the market, I think uh, we're going to see uh, how well it works and how people tolerate it. In the studies, it seems like uh, it was fairly well tolerated, uh, except for the coughing uh, and a few people who had some of these other side effects that I already mentioned. Um, and most of them were related to um, the uh, known side effects of levodopa. So um, I think that kind of um, summarizes where we are. Um, you have any thoughts, uh, Warren? Yeah, yeah, I know with the uh, ap apocan, you could use a smaller dose and it doesn't cause a problem. But it, with the uh, inhalation, do you, do you need to do two capsules or could you do one capsule if you're concerned about the, the amount of levodopa that you're adding to your body? I know with levodopa, you're not supposed to cut the doses. Right, right. That's a great point. I think that's a very, very important point. Uh, you're correct. Uh, the epimorphine, there's more um, flexibility in titration. You can go as little as 0.1 uh, milligram injections. You can go up to 0.5 even. Some people go even higher. I, I have patients who are taking 0.8 and 0.9 uh, each time. So, yes, yeah, so you, you have a lot of flexibility to titrate epimorphine injections. Um, and the data on Embriza is that you have to use 84. If you look at the data at 60, they compared 60 with 84. The patients who got the 60 didn't do well as well as they got the 84. So I suspect if you take only one uh, capsule instead of the two, you're not going to see uh, as, as much benefit. But, but it's still out there. So it has to come out and people have to try it. 
And I think when we, tr when we try it, we'll know whether we can go with 42 or you have to go all the way to 84. But you're right. Um, you only have two doses to play with. You either do 42 or you do 84. You don't have anything in between. You don't have a smaller dose or something like that to go with. Whereas in apomorphine, you, you do have that titratability is there where you can go anywhere between 0.1 all the way up to 0.9 or 0.7, uh, depending on where you want to be. So it, it does give you a bit more flexibility. Uh, but as we just talked about, inhalation is inhalation and shots are shots. So we have to sort of separate them out that way. Right. And, uh, and with the uh, 84 milligram, that's the max dose to treat an off period. You wouldn't go many more than that. Again, uh, the data, the FDA-approved data would suggest that, that would, that's the dose that should be used. And, um, uh, and, and they would say that uh, the company literature would support the use of 84, not any higher than that. Uh, if you look at the um, percentage of patients who had coughing, 15% of patients who got the drug had um, cough and only 1.8% of the patients had placebo. And I would suspect that the load of the powder levodopa is what provoked the coughing. So if you increase the dose, I think the risk of you coughing becomes even higher. Um, so I would be a little concerned to use even higher doses of um, right. yeah, carbidopa levodopa in the inhaled form. Yeah. And also there's the issue of somebody swallowing the capsule. And that's, I've sort of searched the literature on that, and, and I don't think it's a problem. I think it just doesn't work for you as well. Right. So uh, inadvertent swallowing is unlikely to happen because once you put it in the inhaler and push the button, it's actually going to puncture it and release the contents into the aerosol. So I don't think the pill would actually get swallowed. Now, deliberately, if somebody swallowed it, uh, so, right, that's what I mean. Yeah, somebody that just swallows it to begin with. Right. Well, that um, obviously wouldn't be a good idea because that's not what it's meant for. And if they deliberately swallowed it, I don't think it will work just as well. Plus, it's a very expensive pill to take instead of taking regular carbidopa levodopa, which is literally less than a dollar, whereas this pill is going to be, you know, right. much, much more expensive than that. It's, it's more of just an, an error on the person helping the person take their medicine. Right. I, I've seen so, that with Spiriva, another a med medicine for uh, COPD. Mm -hmm. people would come in saying they swallowed it. I see. And, uh, but it always happens. Not, not that often, but I don't, I don't think, what I've been reading, I don't think it causes any major problems. It just, wow. You just won't have the effect that you want to lower your, uh, your off time. Right. I think you, you bring up a very interesting point. I didn't even realize that uh, this was a problem. And as a pharmacist, your insight into it is just fantastic because... I wouldn't have thought that anybody would inhale, I mean, swallow an inhale, inhalant pill, but I'm sure they do. So right. very interesting that you bring that up. That's great. Right. And the, uh, the major change with this medication is that it's called Arcus technology, A-R-C-U-S. It allowed a, the drug to be in a fluffy powder so they can get more into the lungs. That's, it said that it took 20 years to develop that. So that's, what, that's why this drug has never been on the market yet because it's been out there, but they just couldn't figure out a way to get it into it in a late inhaler. Right. 
so that technological advance was required before the inhaled form of levodopa could be made. And exactly right. I think that technology where they made it more fluffier and more light uh, so that it can actually become a aerosol that uh, can be delivered into humans um, only happened more recently than, right. than into the deep lungs. So uh, in your opinion, being that it's not on the market yet, but it's, it's coming, do you, uh, would you recommend this for people or would you hold off if somebody's doing all right with what they have right now, but they just have a little bit of an off time in the morning? Would you uh, write a prescription for this or would you hold off on that? Uh, I think, I, think I, would, I would start using it as soon as uh, I find the right patient. So again, the question is, who is the right patient? Is, and in my opinion, it would be somebody who um, would be very hesitant to take injectables or have difficulty with, in taking epimorphine shots or somebody who's needle phobic, who's like, well, I don't really want to get a shot, uh, but they're ha- experiencing a lot of off phenomenon. Uh, then I think uh, inhaled form of carbidopa, levodopa may be appropriate for them. Uh, because they may be uh, more comfortable just taking an inhaler uh, as opposed to taking a shot. Now, having said that, we will worry about um, the lag it takes for the medicine to work. So you're already at risk of falling and so on and so forth, and you're stiff and not able to move. Then waiting for 20 minutes for the medicine to kick in is probably not um, something you're looking forward to. But again, I think if I find the right patient, I'm, I'm willing to try it. I think um, there are patients out there who could benefit from a medication like this. Um, I do have several patients who have offered apomorphine injections, and either it hasn't worked or it's too expensive, they can't afford it, or um, they are needle phobic and they really don't want to take it because they don't think that shots are such a great idea. Uh, in all these scenarios, I think uh, inhaled form of medication which is a bit more benign, um, may be more acceptable for patients. Okay. And uh, being, I'm glad you said that off times is dangerous because of falls and things like that. It's not really, it's not just an inconvenience. It's actually an important thing for your safety. Would you suggest to have the medication on your bed, bedside and take it before you get out of bed and take the, the Cinemet and also a secondary drug before you get out of bed? Most importantly, I think that's a great uh, reminder for people that off phenomenon can be quite dangerous. You can trip and fall, um, especially first thing in the morning. You know, humans are very habituated to doing a lot of things in the morning. We want to get up, brush our teeth. Uh, we want to go potty. We want to clean up. We want to dress. Uh, we want to go down and get coffee and we want to read the newspaper. And that's a, that's a habit that has created over time. And so the bodily demand for motor motoric overactivity is very high first thing in the morning as soon as we get up. Many people take their shower first thing in the morning. Many people uh, do a lot of grooming and a lot of other things first thing in the morning. Now, if you think about it, if you didn't take your carbidopa levodopa in the night, your level of carbidopa levodopa and dopamine in your brain is relatively, uh, relatively low. Of course, sleep and the natural production of dopamine helps you in the morning. So it does give you a little bit of a boost there. However, uh, if you do a lot of motoric activity, physical exercise and so on and so forth, first thing in the morning, you'll quickly exhaust. And then you're at risk of falling. You're at risk of um, having lots of tremor, having difficulty with your activities of daily living. 
until your medicine kicks in. So I think it's important that you take your medicine on time. If you're supposed to take it right as you get up, yeah, you should take it immediately as soon as you're awake. You should First thing you should do is take the pill. And remember, the pill has to get into your body, get into the system, get converted into dopamine, and there's going to be a lag. So that's true about all levodopa formulations, uh, including this one, the one that we just talked about, Embriza. Also, if you're going to take it as an inhaler, you're going to have to take it right away and wait for that 10, 15 minutes for it to start kickstart before you can start doing things. So yeah, I agree with you that uh, our phenomenon can be quite dangerous. And falling and choking are the two big uh, problems in Parkinson's disease we always want to avoid. So avoiding uh, our phenomenon is, uh, or getting it treated right away is very, very important. Okay, so you really have to adjust your lifestyle depending on what medications you need. Right, correct. That makes sense. Okay, so you have anything to add to that? We think we've hit this topic pretty well. I think so. I think at this point, the word is out because the medicine has to come out and people start using it. And the population exposure to the drug will give us more answers than what we already have. A limited number of patients have been exposed to clinical trials, enough for the FDA to feel comfortable to approve it. And the safety seems to be pretty good. However, I think the verdict will be uh, known once uh, it goes out in the market and people start using it. Good. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Stu. Thank you.